It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here at Talk Radio, the world headquarters of Common Sense, the only place, as you well know, to get the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The waters are still swirling around the ankles of Boris Johnson ahead of Prime Minister's questions today as backbench rebellions over the care home bill are not going away. Uh, it looks as though there are certain people panicking uh, inside of the Tory party. They're not quite sure what's going to happen, but what we can tell you is that Boris Johnson is becoming more unpopular by the day. We've got some information that we just got before the show began today, uh, which is that people on the doorstep in various different parts of the country where people are voting in by-elections are basically saying, yes, we voted for Boris Johnson, yes, we believed in Boris Johnson, yes, he got us out of the European Union, but now he's a busted flush. He's finished, he's done, uh, stick a fork in him and get rid. Who's going to take over, though? That's the question. 0344-499-1000. Former Tory MP and author Nick Dubois joins us later on with some answers to some of those questions. Also, Andrew Allison is here uh, to talk about the Freedom Association. and We want his take on the events of the last few days and whether or not we are, in fact, maybe, finally, possibly, coming out of all this rubbish. Maybe. There are no vaccine passports to be introduced. Maybe they will be finished up in Scotland and in Wales. Maybe, just maybe, we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, if not coming out of the tunnel altogether. 0344-499-1000, of course. Coming up, we're also joined by Tonya Buxton, who'll be talking to us today about happiness, how to find it, what to do with it, and why it is so important to everybody. Plus, I'll be asking her what she makes at the private school that is making children wear yellow badges if they're exempt from wearing masks. That's right, yellow badges. You know what I mean? I'm not even going to say what that reminds people of because I think it's disgusting. They shouldn't be doing it. It's wrong. And why yellow badges? I mean, really, honestly. We'll also be talking to former police officer Harry Miller on the news that the government will impose life in jail for anyone who kills emergency workers. It's named Harper's Law after the death of police officer Andrew Harper, who was killed while responding to a burglary. But if you kill a police officer, uh, an emergency worker, an ambulance driver, uh, or even a paramedic or a doctor, you are going to jail for life. And I think that is absolutely and utterly correct. Legendary Grammy Award-winning producer Steve Lillywhite is here as well. He thinks Adele is right to ban Spotify listeners from shuffling the songs on her new album, 30. He says, we go to an awful lot of trouble to put the album together and you should listen to it the way we tell you. Oh yeah, really? Well, we'll see about that, shall we? And we'll also get his take on the announcement yesterday from the Brits that they will from now on be gender neutral. 03444991000. And one thing that's been bugging me as well, the delivery business. Why is it so crap? Why do we have to wait in all day for somebody not to turn up, only to find that you have to then go somewhere about 58,000 miles away to pick up the thing that you thought you were getting delivered to your door? Something wrong in the system, it seems to me. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station on the planet. It is, of course, Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, there's a lot to discuss, plenty of time to do it. It's a little bit dull today, a little bit cold, but, you know, it's all right. The, the outlook, I would say, politically speaking, is not bad. We might not have much of a prime minister. We've got prime minister's questions coming up later on. Sir Keir Starmer will be as useless as ever. Um, but if Boris Johnson is finally on his last legs, what happens next? Let's ask Andrew Allison. Andrew, very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Very nice to see you. Welcome. Uh, looking resplendent in pink, as we've been discussing. Well, yes, I mean, your staff love me well. in pink as well. They love yeah, you in yeah, pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. We get you in more often if you wear pink. Now, uh, Boris Johnson, uh, wither, I suppose, is the question. Uh, lots of people, we are told, on the doorstep, telling people uh, who are canvassing them for the local by-elections that are going on, they, they've had enough of him. They, they, they think that the, the final straw was that daft speech business the other day, which I... And as you may have heard, uh, didn't buy at all. I just thought that looked like he'd made that sort of, uh, he'd made something out of nothing in order to kind of make out that he had lost his spot and lost his place. I don't believe a, a minute of it. But he has kind of lost his luster, hasn't he? Yeah, well, well, he has. And this really is the most unconservative government that, that, that I, oh, can, I can remember. It mm. really is bad. And 
I mean, there, there are so many cock-ups. There are so many um, um, unforced errors mm. at the moment. That's um, a good way of putting it. And, and the speech on, on Monday, which I think was taking place in Newcastle, wasn't it? Or yeah, CBI, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, and he was saying to them, well, have you ever been to Peppa Pig World? Oh, I'm yeah. really surprised you haven't. I'm mm. thinking, well, it's in Hampshire, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's a few miles away from Newcastle. Right. Exactly right. Uh, and uh, th- th- there's just so much going on like that. And uh, I think Boris has completely lost the plot. Um, and I think he's listening too much to his wife, to be perfectly yes. honest. Especially with all the green rubbish that, 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 that's coming out. And that has not done him any favours at all, has it? No, it certainly hasn't. Uh, people voted for a Conservative government. Uh, they voted to get Brexit done. Uh, but they didn't vote for all the green rubbish. Um, and uh, no, I think I think Boris Boris will be the leader of the Conservative Party and Prime Minister for as long as Conservative MPs want him to be. Mm. Uh, but if they start dipping in the polls again, if they have a disastrous showing in the local elections next May, then of course that could hasten hasten his. Yeah, uh, his I mean exit. everyone is already saying. Well, of course the thing about the local elections and the by elections is that they're not really that important. You can't really make any conclusions from them which are long term because people tend to protest vote. All of which is true. However, if the Tories lose any seats, and I know they can afford to, that's not the end of the world. But if the people are actually saying that we don't like Boris Johnson as a leader, we don't like what the Tory party are doing, they're starting to cost us money. And that, in the end, is what it's all about. If they start mm, taxing mm. people and people see that they've got less money in, in, in the bank at the end of the month, they're just going to go, no, this is not for me. But the question is, what happens then? Well, that, that is the question, isn't it? Because, I mean, Labour are neck and neck in the polls with the Conservatives now, but that's got nothing to do with Keir Starmer. That's got everything to do with Boris Johnson mm. uh, and his popularity waning. Um, Labour are not going to get a majority at the next general election. I, I, I think it's it's almost mathematically impossible. Yeah. A lot to do with Scotland. Yes, you, I don't see Labour getting into power for a generation. No, I, no, no, no neither do I. If, if you go back to 2005 and you look at the majority that Tony Blair had for his third term, mm. if he'd lost Scotland... He wouldn't have had a majority. No, no. Uh, I mean, and, I, I've and, been and that's Labour's problem. I've been saying this ever since Labour did lose Scotland to the SNP. That without Scotland, they cannot win a, mm. a, a, a governmental majority because they used to have like forty-eight seats there, and now they've got what two or something? Yeah, two. Yeah, I think it's two. Yeah, yeah. So, so they they can't win a majority at all uh, without Scotland. Mm. They're not going to break through the blue wall in the south of England. No. Uh, that's, that's just not going to happen. And in the Red Wall, um, yes, they will get some seats back, but they're not going to get anywhere near mm. as many seats as they actually need. Right. I think even to have a hung parliament, mm. to, to be perfectly honest. Right. And I think the Conservatives know that. So you have to sort of factor all that in when, yeah. it, when you're looking at Boris Johnson's future yes. as leader of the Conservative Party. I mean, Party I did see a Minister. poll, I think, over the weekend in which they predicted if, the, if the, the numbers were what they were at the weekend, that Labour would win um, and have a hung parliament, but they wouldn't have a majority. And that means then they'd have to get into bed with the SNP and all of that. But I don't even think that's an issue. I think the issue now is for the Tory party to sort itself out. Yes, it needs to. To find a leader that people can trust, that people can believe in. I think it's Liz Truss. Well, at the moment, I do as well. Mm. Um, if you'd asked me this question about four or five months ago, Mike, I would have said uh, Rishi Sunak. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think that anymore. I think I, he's I think come across as a bit too smug in the last six months. I think he has. Um, he's he's very image conscious, and I think people people know that. No, I do think it's Liz Truss. Mm. Uh, I am impressed with her. Um, I, I think she's. I she's, think so. She's, she's done a great job with some of the trade deals that have been done. She has, around, and, she, and very very just been getting on with the job quietly, not making a song and dance about it, not popping mm. up every five minutes like Gavin Williams used to do or Matt Hancock and these useless ministers that used to go look at me look what I'm doing I'm mm. so busy you know she's just been getting on with it and here she is suddenly as a contender yeah she is she's she's, she's a good foreign secretary mm. you know she's she, she she says the right things at the right time yeah uh, she seems tough which which is good so yes I would think that uh, you know her star is definitely mm. in the ascendancy yeah uh, and I think she she also goes down very well with conservative party members yes. which is important because, because she, can, she appears to be a traditional conservative which Boris more and more now doesn't look like well i wouldn't say she's a traditional conservative as such mike but she's she's very much a free market liberal in the sense that margaret thatcher was a was a free market well that'll do yeah well well, exactly and lower uh, taxes yeah exactly less public spending i'll I'll buy that yeah and 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 that's very much what what she's like Mm. and of course when if it does come to it well when it comes to a leadership election because it will have to happen at at some point uh the mps narrow it down to two Mm. candidates and then it goes to the conservative party members 
So importantly for her, she is popular with Conservative yes. Party members. And what are you hearing in your neck of the woods? Because you're up in the northeast a lot of the time. Um, mm -hmm. What are people up there saying? Because that is where, you know, we hear about the Red Wall all the time. We hear that some of the new intake of MPs are not getting on terribly well with some of the more traditional so-called sort of, you know, old-fashioned Shire Tories, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, what are people saying? What are ordinary people up there saying? Because, of course, you only win an election if you can convince the people who don't normally mm -hmm. vote for you mm -hmm. to vote for you. Well, my, well, my seat, Beverly and, and Hildenus, where I live, of course, is one of the safest Conservative seats in the country. Yeah. Uh, but just a few miles down the road, we have Hull, yeah. which is a completely different uh, kettle of fish. Um, I, I think people are very angry about the vote that, ha that happened a couple of nights ago. Um, the care with, bill. Yeah, the care bill. Uh, I think people are genuinely angry about that because you know, property prices in the north of England are that much lower than, mm. than they are in the in the south of England and, and London. Right. And that will just literally wipe out your inheritance. Yeah. I mean, I saw a tweet earlier this morning where someone said that uh, you know, Margaret Thatcher said, buy your own council house, mm. and then you'd be able to have something to pass on to your family. Very true. Yeah. Uh, and, but now, of course, Boris Johnson is saying, but we'll, we'll, we'll take all right. that money away for you for your care And costs. it is a ridiculous way to run a health system, isn't it? That you should be able to spend your entire life building up enough money to buy yourself a house, pay the mortgage off, give it to your kids. But then they go, oh, no, you can't do that. You've got to give it to the government. Yeah, well, that's uh, totally wrong in my well, view. Well, I, I agree. It, it, it is totally wrong. Um, but, I mean, if you, if you get dementia, for example, then you have to basically pay for your own care. Yeah. If you get cancer, then you don't. Now, I don't wish dementia or cancer on anybody, but it should be the same, shouldn't it? I think it should be. Well, I think there must be a way around um, using insurance or using something mm. which, which basically ring-fences your house so that you don't have to lose the one thing that you've managed to attain in your entire life, yeah. which you wanted to give to your children. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, right? it's, it's, it's all to do with aspiration and mm. wanting to pass things on to the, to the next generation, yeah. isn't it? Um, and, and I don't think people should should be losing their homes, uh, no. not being able to pass. And their by homes the looks on. of things, there's going to be quite a big revolt on that anyway, um, which I, which I imagine is what's causing quite a lot of consternation inside the Tory Party, parliamentarily speaking, yes. because apparently there's a lot of meetings being held because they're worried that when the bill comes back from the House of Lords, it will already be partially defenestrated anyway. But then uh, the Tory backbenchers are going to say, we're not having this, because this is unfair on traditional Tory voters, the middle classes. Yeah, I mean, that was that, that vote was at report stage, wasn't it, in the Commons? Um, I'm not quite sure whether they, they've already had third reading and then passed it on to the Lords. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But certainly in the House of Lords, mm. it, 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 an amendment will be, will be put in, yeah. and uh, they'll, they'll change that, yeah. and then it'll go back to the Commons again. Uh, and it wasn't just the amount of Conservative MPs who voted against that measure, mm. it was also the amount who abstained. Now, yes. of course, some people were legitimately out of the country on business, yeah. and there was the... the, the well, the, I imagine the, Geoffrey Cox was in the Caribbean, wasn't he? Uh, Caribbean, Mauritius, I don't, I, I, I don't know, where, 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 wherever he chooses to work these days. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but, of course, many of them abstained deliberately. Mm. Um, you know, so I think the government's going to have enormous mm. problems uh, you know, getting that back. And as we emerge world. from coronavirus, and I'm going to ask you about that in a minute as well, in terms of some of the restrictions that look as if they might be disappearing... Um, He's now under the spotlight properly, Boris, because he can't any longer say, well, we're in the midst of a pandemic, because we're not, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's time to get on with the business of government. And I was always hopeful when he got in, after the first sort of January passed and we got out of the EU, that it was going to be a sort of glorious year of Tory policies being swept through because there was no opposition, effectively. And we were going to end up <clears throat> with a very prosperous economy. We are going to end up with a very low tax base. We were going to end up with, you know, what they used to call Singapore on the Thames. Mm. None of which has happened because yeah. the pandemic has held it all up. But what's he doing now? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? You know, we talk about Brexit benefits. There are many uh, yeah. benefits uh, for, for leaving the European Union, but you wouldn't think it the mm. way that Boris Johnson is, is behaving. Right. Um, we, we're not seeing those. I mean, he's not behaving like a guy with an eighty-seat majority. Well, he's he? not behaving like a no. He's not, um, and he's not behaving like a conservative. Mm. He's not behaving like a free market liberal. Right. I mean, I mean, what does he actually stand for? I know. What What is Johnsonism? Yeah. I don't even know what it's it is. It's a very good question. Does, does he know? No. Well, I mean, the only thing I can remember that's happened this week, and I don't know about you, is that when they announced that they were going to have a whole load of new houses built, that they all have to have an electric um, plug-in unit for the car. And I'm thinking, is that the is that the best of it? Is that the yeah, best yeah, you've got? But appar apparently so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not, 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 not that electric cars are particularly green anyway. When you look at how they're the, not the, at all the, green. the manufacturing manufacturing no. process, and not that we have enough electricity anyway to to, to cover our existing needs. Yeah. never mind having all these cars right. uh, plugged in. But it's almost as though it's the only thing he thinks about. This is the only thing that he wants to put his stamp on is the saving of the planet, as if 
one, it's saving the planet, and two, he's going to be given the credit for it. Well, if he was that interested in saving the planet, he wouldn't fly back down from Glasgow on a private jet, would he? Well, I suppose that's that's always a very good point to make. Stay with us, Andrew. We've got lots to do. We've got plenty to talk about. I want to take your calls as well, 0344 499 1000. The next question for me uh, to put to Andrew is, are we finally seeing the end? of these COVID restrictions. Are we finally going to actually get everything back to normal? Maybe by the new year. This is Talk Radio across the UK. Online, on DAB+, and on the Talk Radio app. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. As if by magic, right, we start talking about it and it happens because that's what the Independent Republic uh, of Mike Graham is like. The power uh, of Mike Graham and uh, talk radio. Already, there's a story uh, which has literally just been posted on uh, Mail Online. Boris versus Rishi, round two. Downing Street briefing war ramps up as Treasury accuses the Prime Minister of bungling a rail announcement. And number 10 is forced to insist the Premier is well amid claims that angry MPs have started writing no confidence letters. Well, there you go. Huh? There you what go. about that? Um, so, I mean, obviously we're on the right track here, I think, Andrew. Andrew Allison is here with us from the Freedom Association. There's no question that there's a bit of a crisis going on there. Yeah, there is. No, um, Tory MPs are very angry. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I know that from conversations that I have. They're quite despairing yeah. uh, about what's going on. Mm. Uh, the government is not enacting conservative mm. policies, not the policies right. that they wanted, and not the policies that the voters voted no. for. And one uh, of the big problems that keeps cropping up, and one of the, the, the things that I see quite a lot of now, and I don't know whether you've noticed this, is that there's a lot of criticism of the advisors, because they're all kids. They're all these kids that have come in from, like, you know, uh, they've done their PPE Oxford or something like that, and they've come in as special advisors, but they don't know anything about the real world. All they've ever known is a very nice middle-class upbringing, probably a private school, probably a university mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. and suddenly in there, in they go to Downing Street and say, oh, I know, here's what we should do about the railways, or here's what we should do about social planning, here's what we should do uh, about benefits. They know nothing. Yeah, it's quite frightening yeah. that, that ministers, uh, their closest advisers, mm. are people who tend to be in their mid-twenties, yeah. mid to late-twenties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've met many of these kids. Well, yeah. And, you and know, some of them are brilliant. They're very intelligent. Yeah, yeah. And that's all very well. And there's nothing wrong with being intelligent. But you can't start making governmental policy without any experience of life. I'm sorry. That is true. Yeah. That, 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 that is true. For the it? same reason that to do the job that I do and probably to do the job that you do, you know, we couldn't have done this job when, when we were much younger, when we were mm. 25, you know, mm. because, you know, I was a journalist when I was 25. I was running around chasing people down Hollywood Boulevard and stuff. And I could, you know, I could ram my car into the back of their car and I could ask them questions. But what I couldn't do is advise people on how the world should be and what it should yeah. look like. No, you need, you need experience. Yeah. Don't you? And, and, and it's only getting older that gives you that right. experience. And I mean, you can't talk about, you know, say, for example, family policy or family you know kind of uh, plans if you don't have any children correct and i've always said that people used to have a go at me when theresa may was prime minister i said you know the problem with theresa may is that she doesn't have kids and therefore she can't really understand what families go through when they have children and when they have to worry about what their children's education is going to be like what's happening in schools jabbing them in in schools testing them in schools all of the stuff that drives parents crazy right you can't get that if you don't have any that's true, but of course that derailed Andrea Letson's leadership yes. plans, didn't they? Because she said something similar. And right. what, she wasn't saying it in a nasty way. No, she was just saying, just a I, I, as, as a mother, yeah. I think differently to somebody mm. who isn't a mother yeah, exactly. or isn't a parent. Right. Uh, and I think that's very true. And I think that's fair. Let's talk, Andrew, while we've got you here, about the kind of uh, the, the developments uh, that we've seen in the last 24 hours in Scotland and in Wales, mm. where we're being told basically finally. Um, that, that, you know, uh, Kim Jong Drakeford, as he's known, has finally decided <laughs> not to renew the uh, the, the COVID pass. Uh, and similarly in Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon seems to be yes. going in that direction as well. Of course, Sturgeon is Stan, isn't yes, it? Yes, exactly, right? exactly right. Now, presumably, if they're easing up on it, then we must be going into a good place, mustn't we? Well, I think we must. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very encouraging. Uh, and of course, for the majority of people in the UK who live in England, mm. thankfully, we haven't had these, right. these form of restrictions. Although you say that, but a lot of people have been telling me that they've been going to say for example not necessarily their place of work but an event which their workplace has put on yes where they've been asked to provide a, a vaccine passport yeah. and certainly there have been some events where you've gone where you're supposed to show one as well yeah yeah i mean i discussed this with kevin on his show mm. a couple of, a couple of nights ago uh, and yes i mean he he mentioned some london theaters in mm. the west end who um who are requiring this yeah. but, but as i said to him well i think people have just got to 
say, well, I'm not going to present one. No. Um, if, that, if that means you're not going to go to the West End for the next six months, don't go to the West End. Right. They've already had a torrid time as it is. Yes. Uh, and if they want to keep putting on, you know, if they want to implement restrictions right. and try and prevent people from going to theatres, mm. Uh, unless you've been double jabbed or triple right. jabbed, or, well, you've probably quadrupled jabbed, yes. jabbed next year. My understanding, just boycott them. my understanding as well of the legal position is that you can say, I'm exempt, mm. and therefore they have to let you in without asking why you're exempt. That's you, my understanding of well, it. Well, yeah, but I mean, even Durham Cathedral, if you want to go to Advent and Christmas services at Durham Cathedral, you have to either show prove that you've been double jabbed or have a negative test right. or proof that you've, that you've already had COVID. Yeah. Well, to to raised, actually enter the church. I was raised a Catholic, and it used to be you just had to get a confession and tell them what you'd been up to for the last two weeks, which I was never comfortable with, I have to say. Well, well, well I think the Dean of Durham <laughs> has misread the Gospels, actually, right. because my understanding is that Jesus didn't say, come to me, all ye healthy, right. or all ye sick, go away. It was the opposite way around. Yeah. I think that's the problem. As Peter Hitchens often says, you know, the problem with the Church of England is nobody, run, nobody who's running actually believes in God. You know, it's it's kind of gone the other, it's gone well, so it far just, down it, the, it, it, the it rabbit does, hole. It does feel like that, and, I, I, and I'm a communicant member of the Church of England, <laughs> so it certainly feels like inside. Yeah, I you mean, know. you feel as if you can't actually bring up the subject of God because it might be controversial well, it might well in be, the church. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bizarre. But, you know, um, I just get the sense, and I saw a story the other day saying that in January there's a plan for the government to do away with all testing all kind of travel restrictions, all kind of the craziness that we've mm. all had to go through. I mean, I, I, it's put me off travelling. I haven't been anywhere since 2019 August, right? Mm. Uh, apart from four days in the Isle of Wight, which was thoroughly miserable because uh, it rained every single day. It wasn't actually thoroughly miserable, but it wasn't like a holiday. Um, but I'm going to America. I'm told that we're probably going to collectively have to do about 10 different tests to get in, a couple of tests after we get there, more tests when you get back. It's just an absolute... I mean, I can't actually say the word, but it's, it's, it's a, it seems to me to be a complete and utter waste of time. Nobody yeah. with any brains believes the system. Nobody mm. understands why you have to do it. You know, even if you do test negative, it doesn't mean you haven't got COVID by the time you get on the plane. I mean, it's ridiculous. The thing is, Mike, you will do that because you want to see your mum, yeah, who exactly. you haven't seen for a long time, you know. Um, which is which is fair but, enough. You know, to be honest, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't, you wouldn't be doing do it. it. No, that's I what I was about it. to say. Mm. Uh, I mean, quite frankly, um, I'm hoping that by next summer, when we've got a family holiday planned in in Normandy yeah. uh, n- next year, I'm hoping that all these restrictions uh, are, are going to be uh, going to be gone. Yeah. But if the French government says to me, "Well, we, you're going to have to show your papers everywhere you mm. go," I've already told my wife. I said, "I'm not going." No. I'm a good, because I, what's I going on in Europe that. now is extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, when you look at Austria, you look at yeah. the Netherlands, I was saying this yesterday to, to Laura Dosworth, you know, the idea, if you'd said to me, two, even two years ago, Andrew, you know, uh, the Dutch police are going to be firing on their own citizens because they won't take a vaccine. You wouldn't I mean, have believed it, would you? would go, sorry? No. What, with live rounds of, of ammunition? I yes. Know. It's incredible. Shooting bullets at their own citizens. It is, it, 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 it is incredible mm. what, what's, what's going on. Um, I mean, words fail me. Yeah, uh, I, I can't believe that the um, that the Austrian government is is, is going to mandate it. Um, mm. And what, I mean, what they're going to do if if you refuse to get a vaccine? I mean, are they going to just fine you? Are they going to throw you in prison? Yeah. What are they? I mean, the idea of, of putting someone in prison because yeah. they won't receive a vaccine. Right. No one would have believed that no. two years ago, would they? No. And especially given what we do know, when the, these people who used to say follow the science, they seem to have stopped saying that. Um, understand quite well that the vaccine doesn't stop you getting it, doesn't stop you spreading it, does not guarantee that you will survive COVID, although it supposedly will help, but it doesn't guarantee it. There's plenty of people going into hospital who've been double jabbed. There's plenty of people dying because of different reasons, mm. um, even though they've had the COVID jab. So, mm. you know, what, what's the point? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I mean, I've, I know people who have been double jabbed and have, have got COVID. Mm. What, one friend of ours in particular has been very ill since August with yeah. it. So, so it's, it's, it's no guarantee that it's, mm. it's going to prevent you getting it. No. It's no guarantee that it's going to prevent you spreading right. it. It's like the whole thing to do with health, uh, uh, health service workers wow. uh, and people who work in care homes. You still have to test yeah. these people because you know they could have COVID. Right. Uh, so, so why insist that they've had a jab yeah. when you're going to keep on testing them all the time? It doesn't make any sense, It makes does it? no sense at all. But hopefully, as I say, uh, if there is some light at the end of the tunnel that we're now seeing, uh, that will continue. And by the time the end of the year comes around, we might be having a very different conversation, we hope, anyway. Mm. Andrew, thank you very much indeed. Good to see you. Andrew Allison, Chairman of the Freedom Association, a good association to be a member of uh, because it means that you're free. And it doesn't mean that you have to do what you're told every single five minutes of the day. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. 
Right now, though, we're going to talk about the police uh, and emergency service workers in general because it looks as though Harper's Law is going to come in and it's named for Andrew Harper, that very brave police constable that you might remember was killed uh, while he was in the line of duty, while he was investigating a burglary uh, out in the home counties of Berkshire uh, and he was basically uh, run over and dragged in a car by some ghastly individuals who have gone to jail. Ministers are now saying that they will want a life term which is mandatorily applied to anyone uh, who kills a, an emergency worker in the line of duty when that covers not just police but also other 999 staff as well. I mean, I find it incredible that anybody would want to attack people in the 999 business anyway. But let's talk to Harry Miller, former police officer, founder of the Fair Cop Group, of course. Harry, very good morning to you. Yeah, good good, good morning, Mike. This is fantastic news, Isn't actually. And, 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 and let's face it, this shows yet again the power of the individual to make an impact on the British government yeah. to change law. So, you know, Lissy Harper, bless her, she, she just has all my respect, all my respect on this one. Yes, I think absolutely right. Because it's unusual that you and I can meet up on, uh, on this particular uh, wavelength and come up with something which is a good idea that the government have actually done, because most of the time uh, we find ourselves being critical of them. But thank God uh, that, uh, that this is something that's been put into place, because... His own, his killing in particular was dreadful, wasn't it? I mean, it was basically a group of people uh, who were serial burglars, serial criminals, who had no regard for him at all. Such disregard, in fact, that not only did they hit him in a car, but they didn't even know they were dragging his body behind them. No, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. And what's even worse, that when they were sentenced, they smirked. They actually smirked because yeah. that's how that's that's how little value they place on human life, how little respect they've got for the law and how abs- the, the, the absolute contempt that they have um, for their victims. And of course, these people need throwing in jail and uh, we don't want ever, we don't want them to ever see the light of day again. No, and no, because, because... Let's face it, and the reason that this is correct, that we do this is because our emergency workers, particularly our police forces, they rush in where angels fear to tread. Yeah. That's part of their that's part of their job. And because they do that on behalf of us, and let's remember, they are not a paramilitary group. They are members of the public yeah. who commit to do full time what each of us of members of the public are supposed to be doing. And because they do that, because they shoulder that burden on our behalf and they rush into danger when we're all running away. Yeah. And there was a we time. Need to, we need to honour the contract, and if they do get challenged in that way and end up being murdered, then the then the perpetrator needs putting away forever because it is a crime against humanity. It's not just against an individual; it's a crime against the public, the whole of the public, mm. and they're putting away for life. Yeah, absolutely right. And of course, we also have to have that conversation, don't we, Harry, about whether going away for life actually means life? Because we've had that uh, particular case this week about um, Pitch Colin Pitchfork and the whole parole board blunder where they thought amongst themselves that it would be a great idea to release uh, a serial rapist and child killer uh, because they thought he was all better now and we need to make sure that if we do lock people up for life they stay locked up for life well that's again daniel finkelstein today in in the times was writing about uh, how politicians don't change of course he was referring to boris johnson's Mm. peppa pig uh, rats etc and that any notion that he's going to suddenly become better is delusional well it applies to politicians it also applies to sex perverts Mm. like colin pitchfork there is no amount of rehabilitation that is going to change them what the 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 perverted ideas and thoughts that they had back in their 20s are still there in their 50s 60s and 70s and this again this is a case of a crime which is so heinous so heinous so deplorable that these people should not see the light of day life in this instance has to mean life no possibility of parole throw him in the throw him in the clink throw away the key and let's have done with him yeah absolutely right and as far as the um, the attacks that, that go on on ambulance uh, workers on uh, emergency service workers police officers as well when did that start, Harry? Because there was a time, and I'm old enough, sadly, to remember it, when people looked up to um, emergency service workers. If you called 999, you know, you certainly would get out of the way for an ambulance. You would help them as any way you can. I remember when firemen used to come to your house because your chimney was on fire. You know, you treated them with respect. You made them cups of tea. You know, where is this kind of idea come from that, that it's a great idea to beat them up or to throw stuff at them? 
I've no idea. I remember when I was a police a police officer back in the um, back back in the nineties. You always had this view, no matter no matter who you were chasing, what, no matter how what kind of burglar or criminal you were after, you had an advantage because they used to stop before they thumped you. They always did. Yeah. You always yeah. felt, even if you were on your own, that and no matter how big they were, whether they were carrying an iron bar, I once remember chasing a guy down the back of an alleyway in Cleethorpes, and uh, he just beaten the absolute you know living daylights out of three other people. Right. And I wasn't scared because I figured I'm a police officer. I've got a uniform mm. on. He's probably not going to touch me. He probably isn't. And and the vast the vast majority of times that was the case. Yeah. But I think this. I think. I think the respects for authority has gone down the pan. Yeah. I mean, part of that is because authority has taken the public for granted. And I don't mean by that emergency workers and police forces, but I mean the leaders, mm. the leaders of the police force have treated the public with utter contempt. Yeah. The judiciary have treated the public with contempt by not locking up and throwing away the key when they should do. And I wonder whether... But, but I Things like what Essex Police did last week have an effect on it as well. I don't know whether you saw this, and you might well have done, but Essex Police put out some kind of tweet, and I think they raised a flag uh, for Trans Awareness Day or something like that, right? And oh, they, that, that was exactly it, yeah. That and, was they exactly got, it. and they got a yeah. load of abuse from, from various members of the public who were like, well, hang on a minute, you know, there's been loads of... Uh, and they were talking about how many trans people had been murdered over the course of the last year around the world. And people were like, well, there's been about 1,500 women murdered uh, in Essex alone. Uh, in last well, that, year. Why haven't, why haven't you put anything up for them? Yeah, that, that, that was me. I, I spotted that and um, I said, look, there's been, there have been nine trans deaths in the UK yeah. in the past 10 years. Right. In that same period, there have been 1,500 deaths of women. And when, when did a chief constable come out and raise a flag to mm. them? Nowhere. It doesn't happen. But this gets even worse right. because the very second that we pointed this out, the police threatened us and said, We've seen you, we've reported you, we're going to investigate you. Yep. That's the kind of erosion of authority that is doing the police force no good no. whatsoever. Well, that's I couldn't believe it because I didn't realise I didn't realise it was you because I did see it, right? Yeah, it was me. Um, and uh, you got well, you get a mention on Plank of the Week as well for this, so so well done. Um, not, not not for you being a plank for them. <laughs> not being me, a plank. I wasn't the plank. No, not right. you. They no, they were. But for them to then say uh, we have now taken down the details and the names of all the people who have been giving abuse to this particular tweet, and we're going to be investigating them for hate crime. And you go, yeah. well, hang on a minute, you've actually now genuinely created a criminal event by putting something yeah. up that people don't like which you're now saying uh, is illegal to criticise. Huh? You know what, Mike? We, 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 we emailed them and said, you know, here are our details. Please investigate us. Yeah. Uh, bring, bring it on, you absolute cowards. <laughs> um, they won't do because that's what they are. They're cowards. And the mm. other thing, of course, is, do you notice how they appropriate Trans Day of Remembrance? They're appropriating, they're appropriating a Memorial Day that's, that, that remembers the deaths of millions yes. of soldiers. And they think that's okay. Well, it's not okay. No. And that's why we ridicule them. And that's why we point it yeah. out to them. And this is why we challenge them. And for our thanks, what we get is the threat of being reported. Well, Chief Constable of Essex, bring it on. My yeah. name's Harry Miller. I'm available at any time for you to come and investigate me. And I will see you off in court in exactly the same way that I saw off the Chief Constable of Humberside in court. And I'm about to see off the College of Policing in court. Because <laughs> we are not going to stand for it. No, absolutely right. And of course, uh, that is not to say that there is a connection in any way, shape or form between what we were talking about before and what we're talking about now. Because, you know, the point is, is the police need to police crime. They don't need to uh, invent crime. They don't need to dream up criminal events which aren't really happening. What they need to do uh, is to have respect from the public and they need to be able to do their jobs without fear or favour of being injured and being killed. But they also need to clean out their own backyard, don't they? Yeah, dude, we, need to get, we need to get rid of this absolute moronic crop of leaders that we've got. I mean, did you notice Cressida Dick last week? She's now talking about there being a 40-step a checklist before you handcuff someone. Oh, yeah. Like, what is that all about? I mean, trust your police officers. If somebody needs handcuffing, the last thing that you need to do is go through a checklist. I remember being injured once. I got a scar on my eye uh, because we had, a, we had a handcuff injury one time. Um, you know, I got, um, I, I got walloped, ended up in hospital. Yeah. Uh, there we go. If you're going to handcuff somebody, you've got to do it right, and you've got to do it fast, right. and you've got to do it firm. Yeah. That's why you know, we, we saw, that, again, that uh, last week, I think it was, uh, some police officer rightly in trouble because they tampered with, another, with a colleague's yes. handcuff. And when they tried to handcuff them, the, the thing was double locked and it didn't work. Right. Well, right. I know I know from personal experience how bad a weapon a handcuff can be. Uh, it, it, it's terrible. The last mm. thing we need to be doing is having a 40-step 
checklist. Bang them on. Lock them up. Maybe they can have two sets. Maybe you have two sets of uh, two sets of handcuffs, Harry. You know, one set to lock them up while you're thinking about whether you're going to put the handcuffs on them, and then you put the second lot on uh, once you've decided that you've answered the forty-four questions correctly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the fluffy pink handcuffs uh, is is the the first thing, isn't it? Yeah, and then we put on the the handcuffs. You yeah, know. the Ann Summers, yes. Yeah, the Met Police, sponsored by Ann Summers. <laughs> I think it'd be absolutely fantastic, don't you, don't you Mike? I think I think we're <laughs> on to a winner here. This is a great, uh, great idea. Harry, good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Harry Miller, former police officer, founder of the Fair Cop Group. Listen, here's the thing, uh, and you must not conflate the two issues, but surely to God, the police have got some of the things that they do so wrong that they need to have a complete root and branch kind of, you know, uh, re- review of everything that they do. Essex Police in particular, by the way, uh, with their nonsensical rubbish about Trans uh, Independence Day or whatever it was. Um, and similarly, uh, it's a good thing, in my view, that police officers and ambulance workers and all sorts of other 999 emergency workers are protected now in law because if somebody uh, thinks about doing them harm, they could be going to jail for life. And perhaps that will mean that they won't do it. And that obviously would be a good thing. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. But I'll tell you what I want to talk about before we hit the news is delivery in general because delivery services in this country are now I would say probably the most likely way that most people now get stuff right people get Amazon deliveries every single day some people get deliveries more than once a day people are buying stuff online all the time people are getting their food delivered online people are getting their drink delivered online people are getting their shoes their shirts their hats their underwear delivered online. Everybody's getting everything delivered online. But the problem is, right, according to a recent survey, delivery firms do not fare particularly well. Even Amazon, which is top of the rung, apparently, in terms of how efficient they are, only get two and a half stars. The Royal Mail get less. DPD only get two and a bit. Yodel get even less than that. And Hermes get even less still, 1.5. That means out of five, they're not doing terribly well. And you know as well as I do how ludicrous it is that you will be told that somebody's delivering something and it doesn't turn up. Or you'll be told, oh, you better wait in for four hours because we'll be bringing it. And then while you're sitting there, you get an email that says, we tried to deliver it to you, but you weren't in. And you go, I am in. I'm here. What do you mean? I never saw you. You never knocked on the door. You never rang the bell. You see the Royal Mail people leaving little uh, cards that say, we tried to deliver this, but now you're going to have to come down to the sorting office to pick it up, if you can be bothered. I'm in the midst of trying to get myself a new phone delivered, right? What an absolute nightmare that's turning out to be because they no longer allow you to get them to send it to a nearby shop. I don't know why, but apparently because of COVID, they don't take deliveries anymore in shops. So I have to get it sent to somebody's address. I don't want it sent to my own address because I'm never there. And I know what's going to happen if they try and send it there. I won't be in. They'll take it away again. Because in the old days of COVID, they used to just leave stuff at the front door because they assumed that you'd always be there and nobody would bother you and nobody would nick it. Now... You've got to get it sent somewhere else. I tried to get it sent to the office. No, we can't do that, they said. Why? Because apparently it's too big of a building. Huh? So we can't deliver to big buildings anymore. Uh, you can't deliver to the shop anymore. We can only deliver it to your house where you never are. How am I ever going to get it? I could be talking about this for the rest of time. I could be using the same phone as I have now for the rest of time. I might not ever be able to get a new one. Because why? Because they can't get it to me. How am I going to get hold of it? It's ridiculous. Deliver me from evil. Deliver me the phone, for God's sake. Somebody, will you? 
Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Delighted to welcome Tonya Buxton here, not only as our regular guest on a Wednesday, but also now the star of Straight Talk, a television (laughs) show which was made and manufactured in this very building with Laura Dodsworth and Dr Renee um, who was with you as well? Brilliant. It was. It was again. It was like soothing the soul. Making that show. Yeah. It's like when I come in here, I take a deep breath and I think, oh gosh, I'm in a place of sanity. Yes. And with straight talk, we just managed to just talk straight. Mm. You know, without the kind of psycho speak that you get in in other shows and and newspapers and things. We're just three women talking straight about what's going on in the world at the moment and what concerns you and and what and, and, what, and what's been going on. So yeah. tell us what's been going on. Well, there's been a lot going on for me personally as well. So I, I just wanted to mention that, you know, as you know, we're, we're talking about lockdowns and what's going on across Europe. And for me, it's fundamentally important that we never lock down again. I lost my mother-in-law on Sunday. I'm sorry. To and she is a lockdown death. Thank you, Mike. She is a lockdown mm. death. She, she became so sick and so ill because of lockdown. And she's my granny. Yeah. Okay, so let's just get that into perspective. So all of that threatening and emotional blackmail about stay home you know don't kill your granny well let me tell you lockdown killed my granny and I'm not going to have it anymore Mm. I found out from a friend of mine recently that her daughter because of lockdown couldn't get uh, uh, seen she had headaches they started at the beginning of lockdown everyone thought it was anxiety but it wasn't um, until she finally got a seizure she had an MRI they lost her MRI she had another MRI now this girl has had an orange sized tumour taken out of her the front of her brain which is stage 4 she's a young 30 year old Right. They, she is there because of lockdown. Mm. She she would have been sought out and cured and, and looked after two years ago rather than waiting till now. Yeah. So when people say to me, oh, you're, you're anti this and you're anti COVID and you don't care about granny. And you're dangerous, right? And I'm dangerous. Yeah. Let me tell you, the dangers are in lockdown. Mm. And so when you look at what's going on in Europe at the moment, it, it, it freezes my heart mm. to see what's going on. It does not make any sense. Shooting your own people with rubber bullets and forcing them to do things is so illiberal and it's so against the way that we live here in the West that I can't fathom it. I don't understand what's happening. When you see footage of of police officers dressed in riot gear battering people, you think, what are you doing? What the hell do you think you're doing? But there no but you know, if you look at the papers and the mainstream media, no one is saying anything no. about it. You know, I got, and we're talking about mandating vaccines mm. and, and physically forcing you. Now, there's something really strange going on in, in Australia with yeah. the Aborigines. Yeah. And there's some stories that are coming out on Twitter that um, we're waiting to find out if they're true, but they do seem to be true, that their children are being taken and, and forced to be vaccinated. And again, no one's picking this up in the papers. Right. We, as as a British government, we'd like to step in, don't we, in other countries all over the place and put our mucky noses in yeah, and yeah. look what, we, what we've done with all the wars mm. that have gone now. And and yet, when it comes to actual humanity, mm. we're not doing anything about it. Oh, yeah, because we it. can't get involved in that, apparently, because the government says, well, that's not our business. Oh, really? Oh. Okay, then. But, so, but places that have oil and certain other things that yeah. we might be interested in, that is our business. That is, of course, yeah. I mean, hypocrisy has, I think, reached peak, oh, um, you know, it re- paramount time. Mike, it really has. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I walked in here today, I sent a tweet out before I came, thinking I need to come and have some mm. common sense and some sanity because all around me the world is going insane. Yeah. So the point that we have to make is that we will not, even consider going into lockdown in Britain. Mm. It's never going to happen. So stop threatening us with yes. that sword on right. top of our heads. Stop it, because mm. it's never going to happen. I really don't I think I will it go is. to prison before I lock down again. I, there's no one I won't see, not a member of my family, not a friend, no one that I won't see, yeah. because I have seen the damage that lockdown does. Lockdowns kill. Yeah. They kill people. And we're not and even not seeing the half of it yet, no. because what we know, for example, is that the number of people who were waiting for the NHS before any of this happened was big enough but yep. now it's doubled yep. and it will probably triple yep. by the end of uh, say next year there'll be 15 million people waiting for an operation there'll be loads of people like your friend's daughter uh, who for whom there will be no hope no none at because all. nobody's seen them and this is a 30 year old yeah and you know it's, it, it, it's it's just so horrifying across the board that we mustn't have it anymore and again you know why i think about this so you know we we need carers we need nurses we need doctors and yet here they are losing their jobs because they're not oh yeah let's just taking taking a vaccine yeah um that you know if you've got natural immunity you are greater equipped to to fight against covid than if you have 
if you have the vaccine. Mm. So it's it's so insane. None of it makes sense. And that's the thing that I keep trying to bring it back to the beginning is what is the reason that you want these people to have a vaccine? What is the reason? Yeah. If you if it's about health, then why are you not giving them antibody checks mm. first? Yeah. Let's do that first. And then you can have a conversation about um, maybe saying, look, you've not had COVID, you don't have antibodies, you might be at risk to these people. Mm. Maybe you should think about this. And then you can have a conversation about it, but you cannot have any conversation no. about that. I'm so fed up of on my Instagram um, having that COVID, or, you know, thing that little block that comes up saying that I'm misinforming people when I never say lies I always am very well researched no, no I'm not an immunologist I'm not a doctor but I read everything there yeah. is to read and one of the things I've read so much about as you full well know is about masks yes have you seen what's going on in that school Mike have you seen what's going on in that school this is the yellow star it might as well be yellow stars they're not yellow stars they're the yellow, yellow badges, badges right this is a private school in kent i understand i think thirty-five thousand a year yeah unbelievable where people who are exempt from wearing a mask or who are not wearing a mask are asked to wear a badge now surely if you're not wearing a mask that's a sign that enough. you're not wearing one that's why do you need a badge absolutely and right? also you know let's just take it one step further before we go into the ridiculousness of having to wear a badge is Masks, all the studies for masks are mm. very, very weak. Yes. So wearing Particularly some flimsy, the ordinary flimsy sort of flimsy blue piece ones. of uh, disposable plastic that's chocking up the oceans. We won't even go down there now with the plastic pollution. Or the cloth ones, they, right. they, they really don't do anything. Mm. And especially the way children wear them, touching them, putting them on, taking them off. They do not right. work when it comes to stopping a virus. And firstly, why do you want to stop a virus amongst children where it doesn't harm them? They get herd immunity mm. and they will have natural antibodies. Mm. So this is the other point is we, we I, I, you know, my children have all had COVID yeah. and it's good to also, get COVID Also, the recent, most recent stats that I saw, um, many of those who are now uh, supposedly infected with COVID are under the age of 20, i.e. they're probably in school. So if they're wearing masks, it's not stopping them getting infected anyway. Of course it's right? not. It doesn't work. It's a load of rubbish. Yeah. And also good f that they get it yeah. and they have natural immunity that might may well may last a lifetime. Mm. You might not have the antibodies, but you get T-cell immunity, yeah. which lasts a lifetime. And also so the more people that get it, because I remember people saying this from the very beginning, and you know we all say, well, listen, I'm not a virologist, but we know a lot more about it than we but used Sunita to. But Sunita Gupta is, yeah. and she said it's a right. great thing to get. Right, and also, um, we know an awful lot more about viruses now than we did two years ago. Well, Absolutely. I certainly do. And what they said then was that, well, the more people that get it, the weaker it becomes, Absolutely. and the more likely it is to die out. Yeah. Because once it can't infect anybody anymore... That's it. And That's virus, the end. A virus doesn't actually want to kill its host. No. It wants to go on forever. That's become, mm. becomes more contagious but less virulent. Right. That's that's the end of that. But then to introduce a yellow badge, like we don't have to talk about the connotations of history. No. It's so shocking and mm. so distressing. And it must be so distressing to so many people to, to, to see that, to yeah. have to wear, to identify a yellow badge. Yeah. I mean... I, I don't know, is this, I mean, if I was paying £35,000 to send my child to, to private education, yeah. what are they, sinister or unbelievably yeah. stupid? Take your children out of that school mm. now. You are burning money. You're yeah. burning money. Yeah. What's the point? Right. How can you be doing that? But these are the same people who think lockdowns are great because they don't care. It doesn't no, affect they don't them. Care. It doesn't affect them. They can work from home. They can sit in there in a nice living room. And they've got this, um, the, the, the kind of the modern slaves, which yeah. are the delivery people, yes. the supermarket yeah, people, the people that have to, the people cleaning the roads, all of them, they can yeah, keep working. The cleaners can come the around cleaners, and clean the house. Oh, yeah, still cleaning the house. I might go Goodness out when me. the cleaner comes in case they give me COVID, but, you know, basically, you know, I'll just leave the cash on the table. Or worst case scenario, we don't wear masks in our house, but when the cleaner comes to clean the yeah. house, they get them to wear masks. Yeah. I know people like that. And Mike, let me tell you, I will never be friends with these people again mm. because I can't stomach the hypocrisy. Mm. I can't. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to alienate people. Yeah. But people do such horrific things. Uh, well, that's the rules. We're doing the right thing. Yeah. You have to think. You have to understand. We know what went on in past generations in the 1930s across Europe and you have to take the lessons mm. and learn them and, and understand that you have to do your own research and make your own decisions and let your conscience and your soul decide. You can't blindly hide behind no. or they're the rules. And do you really want to identify people because you think they're doing something wrong and make them wear a badge? Is that what you're doing? Absolutely. But going straight back, why are masks in schools? Yeah. Why are you, why are you, we know that masks do harm to children. Yeah. We know that it affects their learning, it affects them psychologically. And actually, you know, a basic silly thing like, we masks give you spots because you're constantly breathing a thing, yeah. they give you spots. Now, when you're a teenager, that really affects thing. you. It's a big thing and you might poo-hoo it. But, so masks are doing harm. 
They're not doing anything no. to fight a virus, but they are doing harm yeah. to our children. There is no way that my children will ever put a mask on again. It mm. doesn't work. But I don't, I don't know why we still keep getting this narrative from the government, who previously more or less said that masks weren't really they doing said anything. That. But now they keep saying, well, it might be necessary to wear masks again. You go, well, you already said that it wasn't any point. So why? Why? Exactly. Why? Would you, why? why would you want to put I them back just, on? I just think it's about keeping people in fear mm. and I just don't think with all these behavioural psychologists that they've got they've gone power crazy mm. with controlling people and these people have not looked not even one minute into the future to see that the damage that they're doing yeah. because they are depleting the happiness of the world yes. they are depleting the happiness of the nation um, and, and they're making people anxious they're making people anxious and these anxieties and these psychological issues will will be here with us for decades mm. they will be affecting our children for decades mm. and young adults for decades it's not something that's going to yeah. go even someone that looks like they're coping now when they're in their 30s or 40s something will come up mm. and it would have been caused by this fear-mongering time yeah. but i want to talk about something happy i want to talk about something happy too we're going to stop for a minute though because we're going to just take a little uh, take a little moment uh, to make some money and then we'll be back uh, with tanya buxton and we're going to talk about happiness how to be happy why you should be happy and what to do if you're not this is Talk Radio. This is Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB Plus, and on the Talk Radio app. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Tony Buxton is here with us. We're going to talk about happiness in a minute. But before we do that, have a listen to this and watch it if you're watching us right now on Talk Radio TV because this is a brand new show that we're doing called Straight Talk. Uh, it stars Dr. Renee, it stars Tonya, it stars Laura Dodsworth as well. Uh, and this is a bit of it. Do you know what gave me great joy, though, on this one? Is when John Cleese cancelled himself yes, recently, this last week. So he was invited by the Oxford uh, Cambridge Union to go and give a talk. Yes. And they had cancelled a historian um, who'd made a done an impression David of Hitler. Sarkey. No, it wasn't David no, Sarkey. Wasn't. Uh, who did an impression of um, Hitler in order to show how ridiculous Hitler was when he wanted to burn Cubist and surrealist art. And he was highlighting how stupid and how awful Hitler was whilst doing this impression. And because of that, you see, nobody's even thinking or even looking at the context that it was done in. Yeah. He's been he was told yeah. that he would be cancelled. So then John Cleese said, well, you know, on those grounds, I'm going to cancel myself and hopefully find a more woke place that if people want to come and see me. So... Yes, He's quite powerful. J.K. Rowling's quite powerful. Let's just hope that powerful people can stand up against cancel culture. I hope so, but I think it goes to an even deeper place than that, doesn't it? And from a scientist, and I am a scientist at heart, it's the cancellation of science. The cancellation. I think that may be the first time cubism has ever been mentioned on talk radio. Oh, there you are. So there we are. <laughs> Don't tell us we're not a highbrow here. You know? We're not just all thick racist bigots. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what, of course, they love to call us, right? Oh, they, they really um, do. They let's really talk do. about happiness because okay. uh, you want people to be happy. It's not always easy to be happy. No. I'm a very happy person. I've been blessed by uh, a kind of happy disposition, generally speaking. You are very lucky, Mike, because you have been blessed by mm. that. And actually, happiness takes a little bit of work. Yeah. If you want to be happy, you have to put a little bit of effort into being happy. Yes. Now, we've just seen that Hayward is the happiest place mm. in Britain. Right. And uh, a lot of the reason that that is a happy place is because they've got great culture and they've yeah. got great community there. And they've done everything to get people out of their houses. Mm. They've had bandstands singing. They've had lots of community things. And people have been giving their time for free as well to do things. Yeah. So the thing about happiness, and I've been looking at happiness for a long time, and actually longevity kind of fits in with happiness. So I've been looking at the blue zones around the world where mm. people live longest and are happiest. Yes. And the biggest thing about that is personal relationships. Mm. And personal relationships take a little bit of effort. You know, it, it takes a bit of effort to see people, make yeah. time for them. And the other most important thing is being giving. Mm. Giving to people yeah. is such a big thing. Doing something without any any want for, of a return, just giving with all your heart yeah. will make you happy. Mm. So you might be giving something to someone, but actually you will be the person receiving the happiness. And I think that's really mm. important to think about. Mm. You know, st starting to be a little bit selfless, yeah. making time for relationships, making time to build friendships. Because I think we live, especially in Britain, we live really busy lives yeah. and um, we forget that this is one life that we have to lead. So we're so busy dealing with if you've got children, the kids, work, job, yeah. this, that. And you or don't sort of firefighting stop. firefighting all the time. Literally firefighting yeah. all the time. You don't stop 
firstly to take a breath mm. so I think it's really important if you can and I know it sounds like hippie woo woo stuff but it does work if there's any way that you can take 10 minutes in your day lock yourself away and do some breathing exercises the benefit from mm. that for that will be huge will yeah. be absolutely huge and on top of that schedule in things that you like to do so whether it's going on a date night with your partner mm. or whether it's seeing your friends you know making sure that that doesn't come off the list of so many things that you have to do right. so in one hand it's giving to others and the other hand it's putting yourself forward right. so these are the things these are great tools for happiness mm. and it's not that difficult to do, but it does take a bit of time. Yes. And and also, if you can make a town happy, you can make yeah, a country happy, can't absolutely. you? Absolutely. So and, we should and, learn and those we, lessons. we perhaps could do with a bit of that, because it's not a very, I would say, not a very happy country. No. We well, our, our government are doing the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Their threat, their, that constant threat yeah. is what makes people very unhappy, very anxious, mm. very depressed, and, and, and a low mood. So we've got to stop the constant fear-mongering. The, what is it, up to 370 million paid on propaganda campaigns mm. to keep people under control. Yeah. I'd like that exact amount of money spent on our well-being. Yes. So showing people how to look after themselves, how to cook for themselves, yeah. how to exercise, all these little principles. Well, they should this. all be free imagine so this. people can do that for themselves. Imagine this you know, revolutionary idea. Instead of telling children to put a mask on and go over there to get tested for COVID, teach them to be happy. Oh my goodness! Huh? Wouldn't that be the perfect thing? And but it would go c completely against the rhetoric that, of, that's going on at the moment, which is you know make yourself apart from someone else, cover up your face so yeah, no one sees right. your smile. Don't What's, do that. Do don't this. do that. Don't do this. Or you're harming harming yeah. other people. Don't put yourself. Don't put your own feelings forward because mm. you know you've got to think of you know what you're doing to Granny. And we know it's all rubbish. Yeah. It's we need to go do the exact opposite of what we're told to mm. do, I think, to be happy. Yeah. I think we need to meet up with people. We need to share food with people. Yeah. We need to make sure that we laugh. And one of the other things, though, Mike, that I know it sounds crazy, but you know if you fake laugh, mm. there's a school in, in Brighton at the moment. We talked about this a we while did ago, talk about yeah. That, um, that, that makes their children have these happiness yeah. classes. And it, uh, have you ever tried doing it? Well, do you know, I laugh a lot anyway. You do anyway. So... Um, we did actually. Try, I think I, I, I did a little TV thing, and we were we were talking about it. And I think they they started the sort of fake laugh. I I mean I didn't do it only because I don't really need to fake laugh because I because you laugh anyway. I find yeah. things very funny. I just yeah. find everything funny. Actually. You do, Sometimes you? not always to so everybody's we, agreement. We need a little bit of your DNA, I think, to do that. <laughs> but but I I've done it when I feel felt really sad and all my face is falling downwards and I just feel really low. I've yeah. actually done that thing where you end up looking in the mirror and mm. laughing and somehow the fake laugh turns into real life well, and you it kills your subconscious and yeah. you do feel do better. you know one of the things I remember from my childhood is one year my, my father who had these great turns of phrase and we used to go to Europe usually. Not We, did, we didn't have loads of money but we would drive across Europe. And, <laughs> anyway one year he declared it was the year of the short corn which meant he didn't have any money and uh, so we went to Blackpool for <laughs> summer holiday right and they had this laughing man as you went into the Blackpool Pleasure Beach, there was this figure that sat. It was like a mannequin sitting in a in a. I know throne. it. I know the you know yeah. yeah, yeah. And it just laughs, right? Yeah. And you stand there and you watch it for literally, and you try not to. But you can't help it. You just start laughing. Exactly. Because it's the thing contagious. is just laughing at you. Yeah. It's brilliant. Now, before I let you go, mm. one thing we need to talk about is the menopause, right? Yes. Something we don't talk about an awful lot on this show. No. However, <laughs> Rod Stewart yeah. was on Loose Women yesterday, mm. and he apparently said that men should be given menopause classes in order to better understand it. And I kind of see what he's saying there, because I think a lot of men, and I would count myself as one, we don't really get the menopause. No, we don't really know what it is. It is a really horrific thing. It's yeah. like, can, let me try and get you to understand it. So have you ever felt really hangry, where you're angry because you're starving and your blood sugar's really low? Um, probably, yes. So that feeling is very similar to mm. one of the many different side effects of, of, of going into perimenopause mm. or menopause. Yeah. You have an unreasonable rage. Um, and it is it's hormonal. Mm. It's not psychological. It's caused by hormones, or you 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 feel unreasonably anxious. So many things are going on in your body that you just don't understand. Mm. And a lot of the time, it's it's. Um, misrepresented so people say oh look her, she's angry yeah. or she's got depression Menopausal. or she's all these things and you don't understand that it is a hormonal thing and I think it's really important not just for men but for there to be I mean I think it's got much better now but to be a really open debate of understanding what women go mm. through when they're going through the menopause right. and it because it's so varying and it's so different that it's good to have a basic understanding yeah. so I completely agree with Rod but I think it's really important most men though uh, and again I don't just dis, dis, uh, associate myself with this most men don't really get 
get women anyway. <laughs> they just don't true. get it. I mean, no. I mean, the number of women that have said to me things like, well, I don't want you to give me the answer to the problem. I just want you to listen. Yes. Right? I'm that's... just telling you because I want to tell you. Exactly. I don't want you to solve it. No, that's... Stop a... trying to solve it. Because it's annoying yeah. when you do that. I completely get that. And of course that. we go, well, what are you telling me for then? Because we want some empathy. Because we fix things because we yes. are men. Yes. And so we get the screwdrivers and the hammers out and go, right, we'll fix that. But um, we can't You can't. It. But one of the things that hasn't happened recently, and we've just told her name, the MP, uh, the Labour MP. Oh, Caroline Harris. Yeah. Caroline Harris, who's just got moved into, so in England we get free HRT if you're a woman and you're on menopause. Yeah. You can now get free HRT like you can in Scotland and Wales. And I think that's really important. Mm. And she's also opened up, because of her, there has been a debate in Parliament about menopause. So the discussion is getting further. Yeah. People are learning about it. And you're right. Men do not understand women. What I see, What I'm seeing, now as I'm getting older is that men turn into kind of bad tempered old men yeah and women uh, I think once the menopause <laughs> some kicks in <laughs> uh, some student does women that's um, about Kevin O'Sullivan <laughs> oh no we, we I think Kevin was like that as a child I, I think don't he think was. he's just I think he was bored angry <laughs> yeah, so but um and women um due to also their hormones as well are not going to tolerate it anymore mm. and it causes polemic um, relationships whereas a little bit of time mm. taken to understand each side will mean it comes back to happiness yeah. you'll get happier as right. you get into old age instead of seeing these couples that are bickering non-stop right. I mean and it's not just psychological it is hormonal it's something that's out of our hands as women and so you men have to understand it you have to be patient and you have to support us mm. okay then that's me told <laughs> you have to See, I don't like that. But never mind. <laughs> Dolly, great to see you. And uh, lovely uh, to see you on the new show as well. Thank uh, you. Which, of course, we'll be seeing more of uh, coming up in the near future. And maybe you should have me on as a guest. I think we should. Um, just an idea. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.